Well, hey, thanks so much for joining us here on Theology on Tap, local craft teaching, ready when you are. Today we're going to be talking about I pledge allegiance to the what? 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 So a few months ago, uh, Pastor Sam and I were at the local Christian, private Christian school, uh, doing a chapel for the kids, and I was going to sing a song, and he was going to do a brief teaching. And um, before we got into our part, there was this moment during the Pledge of Allegiance where I looked at Pastor Sam a little troubled and confused because we had three Pledges of Allegiance, one to yeah. the American Which flag. apparently my wife told me when I came home concerned, she's like, that's... That's pretty typical. She went to a Christian private Christian school, and I never did. And and yet now my kids my kids weren't at yeah. the Christian Academy then they are now. And so, but still, like the first time I experienced this, when you looked over, like, hold on a second, because like growing up in public school, you were like, okay, yeah, pledge of allegiance. It's like pulling teeth. Stand up, kids, every day. The whole school does the pledge of allegiance together over the intercom. I think most people have experienced that. And so I'm like, okay, cool. I'm standing there with my hand, my heart in my hand, and I'm ready to grab my guitar and start singing to start the, the rest of the chapel. And hold on, we've got a Pledge of Allegiance to the Christian flag. Yep. And then we had a Pledge of Allegiance to the Bible. And at one point I looked over at you like, what are we doing? Aren't these kind of like contradictory things? Like how could you pledge allegiance to one thing, yeah. then another thing, and then another thing? And so I was a little confused. So maybe, Pastor Sam, you can help me. <laughs> I didn't even know there was three Pledge of Allegiances. I didn't know like, either. I, was I didn't really know that until yesterday when we talked about it, and I was like, "Yeah, didn't even know there was such a thing. Well, I think um, I think it's interesting to, to have those three Pledge of Allegiance because ultimately like, let, the idea is um, what happens when one contradicts the other? Where is my allegiance? So I pledge allegiance to what? Which what? one? Yeah. <laughs> Can it be all three simultaneously? Yeah. Can yeah. we do all three in succession? Well, it depends if all three are aligned, and one always is going to have which a is submission the final to the other. Allegiance. And so we we'll talk about that. We'll talk about like, is it okay to say the pledge of allegiance? Which I'll just get that out of the way. Absolutely, I think I think we can. But there's a line in there that is uh, now being. Uh, taken out under attack yeah yep. and so uh, that line that gets removed from that causes concern for me is if that line's not in there which is the line in god uh, one nation under god mm-hmm. um, uh, if if that's not and so what it's essentially saying is god is the highest authority highest allegiance and everything else falls under submission to that but if we're not one nation under god uh, then where does my allegiance lie? And so I, I think that's a conversation to be had, and I, I think we start talking about it. Because I think, you know, I, 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 first I would say sometimes we just do things. Like people hear me tell this often, like we just do things because right somebody else did them. We don't really know yeah. why. We never right. really question Yeah, yeah you tell a really funny story in some sermons about the priest who tied the... The cat to the I tree. I love that illustration. I tried, the, I tried I to, to use I it one time. It. I I botched it, and I was like, "Yeah, never." Mind. I totally all, the, all the animal cruelty people started coming after us. So, listen, uh, <laughs> that's not one, true. I made once, that up. Once you tell it uh, three or more times, it's no longer someone else's story. It's right. your story. It's your story. It's, your story. <laughs> it's a signature Sam Kaiser. It's like squatters' rights. This yeah. is not my story. Yeah, I've been. You know, m- most of my stories I have not, but I did hijack that one. 
And usually I, I use it around the holidays to explain. Oh, the, the, the ham, the ham story. Yeah. Yeah. So my dad has always told me that story, but then someone sent me a story like that from in a book that someone oh. wrote something just like that. And I was like, I don't think they got it from me. If that was so a more normal. than one person has a grandma pearl with a small well, pan dish. Well, they, well, they didn't. And Coca-Cola on the hand. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Pearl. Uh, yeah, for those of you who don't know, you just have to come on Christmas and I'll tell this to you. Oh, yeah. Every Sorry. Christmas Eve. Got to yeah, have it. Yeah. It tends to be be the one. We, I have some tendencies. So. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't say. Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, so um, first I would say I, I think it's okay to say the Pledge of Allegiance and we should be patriotic. But I think the question we have to ask is what happens when um, my allegiance, where where ultimately is my allegiance and what does the Bible say about my allegiance? And you were saying that like the Pledge of Allegiance is not something that we've been saying for the whole yeah, history actually, of our... Yeah, you would assume that something like the pledge of allegiance that's kind of uh, frankly it's it's wet it's threaded into the fabric of society yeah, that's what you do it, like everything stand up but, say the pledge now yeah. they don't up until you know? the up until the 1940s the 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 pledge of allegiance um i need to look this up but i don't even think congress uh, i think it was right before world war ii congress finally adopted the pledge of allegiance as something that they would do when they were in session and then i think they they may have in a government way kind of Hand that off to the public education system. Young Jamie, can you Google that for us? Yeah, yeah I have to it. look that up. I'm but, on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not super good with dates, but it is true that um, the Pledge of Allegiance hasn't always been there. It's a fairly recent thing in our country's history. Yeah, so... 1942. I, yeah. I You're got pretty good right. with dates. And you, Yeah, that was good. And, you know, obviously there's some context around World War One and where is people's allegiance and mm-hmm. what, you know, and... and People are thinking about, um, you know, communism and infiltration of ideas and they're going, hey, I want to pl- like we need to make sure that people have an allegiance to this country and why uh, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Like yep. th- those are all the one theological ideas, mm-hmm. uh, biblical ideas. Yeah. Okay. Uh, justice, like a theological idea, just because theology doesn't mean it's Christian theology, right? So yes. uh, under God, okay, what God? Uh, but apparently this God is concerned with liberty and this God is con- concerned with justice yep. and equality for all in the terms of liberty and justice. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean equality of outcome. It doesn't mean equity across the board. It doesn't mean it means one nation under God, uh, indivisible, united together, right, mm-hmm. uh, with liberty and justice for all. Yeah, and these are these are, are terms um, that are directly tied to the Declaration of Independence. Yes, and so the Pledge of Allegiance is a great way to surmise, uh, almost like an American creed. Uh, going way back to the founding documents, Declaration of Independence, to just remind our citizens of what this whole American experience is about. It's not too much different from some of the things we say in church, uh, some of the liturgical things that happen in denominations well, for, I think forever. I think about Israel yeah. of one nation under God. It's almost like that's where immediately where my brain goes is that's almost like 
Hebrew language sure, of because one nation under God. Not gods, not yep, a plurality, yeah. uh, monotheistic. There is one God. And so uh, obviously the fabric of Judeo-Christian, um, a, a Judeo-Christian worldview is, has... Um, yeah, a, a monotheistic creator God. Yep. Where, who is yeah, concerned with, with freedom of the individual, which we talked about in our first podcast, yep. bodily autonomy, sovereignty of the individual, free individuals, that God has, has made us as free beings. We were talking about this uh, in preparation for the podcast. C.S. Lewis uh, has um, some uh, a great book called Mere Christianity, and there's a YouTube channel called C.S. Lewis Doodles. And I would encourage people to, to basically... Um, uh, they read uh, Mere Christianity, different sections, and this artist draws it in real time, kind of like the Bible Project, but he just illustrates it. And it, it's pretty inc- incredible, but he talks about sovereignty. He talks about uh, creating free will. And then uh, how free will, it, obviously, um, for, for God to make us like him, we have to be free. And then you see the um, kind of progression. He kind of, uh, I'm going to botch this, but he, he kind of talks about uh, how good or how bad something can go based on uh, the freedom of that thing and the power on on the scale, on the creative scale mm-hmm. that uh, the Bible says we were made a little lower than the angels above all of uh, creation. And he says, you know, a, a dog can, can, you can have a good dog and a bad dog, right? Mm-hmm. But, but this dog can only be so good. Like it's not creating a humanitarian effort for uh, relief for floods and fires and deal. Right. Although, you yeah. know, there's some dogs that are heroes in combat and, and uh, like Lassie. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible dog. Beethoven. Uh, Old Yeller. <laughs> Balto. All right, all right. Uh, what? What? <laughs> anyway, so, uh, you know, it yeah, can like only the, go yeah. so good mm-hmm. and and so bad. A dog can go really bad and cause some devastation, right? And then, then he goes on to say uh, a man can go really good. Or really bad. Yep. As bad as you could go, you could go that far good and vice versa. Yes. There's like infinite good that we can do and infinite bad. Sure. It can go good, real good, good, bad, bad, bad. So bad. so with God, you know, the the chance of us going really bad, uh, there's also the chance of us going really good. And and then the story of the Bible, you know, shows how we did go bad and deceived yeah. by Satan, who he then describes, okay, dog, man, what about spiritual being? Like, mm-hmm. um, okay, that could go really good. And we read in the stories of Scripture this, this archangel who is uh, magnificent above all these yeah. other angels, and he can go really good or be the worst evil imaginable, yeah. the, the, uh, the very definition of evil. Yeah. Lucifer. <laughs> I've got buttons. I was good timed, though. Yeah. I got to say, that was good timing. It kind of startled me a little bit. <laughs> Getting closer to Halloween. Halloween's coming and, up, yeah. you know? Uh, Keep it PC at Trunk or Treat, people. Yeah, don't, don't do nothing crazy. Yeah, don't come dressed as Lucifer. Don't do that. Don't scare children. Don't scare children. If you've already bought the costume, hit up Amazon, see if you can return it. 
just come in your Incredibles outfit. Yeah, you know, something. Join the rest of us, you know, believers. Hippie. (laughs) You know? Hey, it's better than uh, Hallelujah Nights where I'm from. Oh, yeah. Halloween, the good old Halloween church alternative. Hallelujah. Did you ever go to one of those, Tyler? Hallelujah Nights. Did you do that? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Literally had a paper banner. You could only dress up as Bible Only Bible characters. Yeah. My wife, uh, as a kid, uh, pretty sure she was Esther one time, which has some problems. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) She was a pregnant Mary and then a pregnant Naomi, I think. Oh, my. So, yeah. All before the age of 18, by the way. We were, uh, (laughs) we we would usually join up with my cousins and we would do a group, a group one, which was like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and, uh, or Daniel and the Lion's Den. Oh, look at you guys. Yeah. We're a little... Noah in the Ark with all the animals. No, because I think that's not really a kid's story, but... (laughs) (laughs) It's actually a devastating... Can we we just talk about that? Worst nightmare. Let's stop decorating your child's nursery in (laughs) Noah's Ark stuff, because it is about an apocalypse, friend. It is is the revealing of the wrath of God towards evil. Yeah. As a a boat owner, that scares the crud out of me. Yeah, just come as Abraham and Isaac and going you're, up to the mountain to sacrifice. Yeah. All right, don't you, do it. Your Noah. your boat is not as big as the ark. Let's just no. I definitely can't fit we, the hopes of humanity and animals on my boat. Yeah. But also, yeah, read read the story. Just don't read it to your kids. I thought I thought that you know I don't I'm obviously being a kid from Kentucky. I know nothing about boats, but I thought, man, this is pretty. When you bought your boat, I was like, this is a significant boat, and then we turned the corner at point conception this past week <laughs> and we were literally going Straight i was on up. the back of the boat and i just looked up at yeah. you guys on the front of the boat <laughs> and i thought we we have out punted our coverage remember here. that famous scene from uh perfect storm yeah I was where like, they're charging the wave and they don't make it i was like listen bro turn around you're no george clooney <laughs> i mean i might be a little bit of a mark Wahlberg and short and feisty but no come on. Oh, we're no. not on the no. andrea gale oh I have no idea what you just said. Anyways, the name of the all right, so movie. back to Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, something can go really good, really bad, right? And so um, in, in that liberty, that, that's why in that statement, justice comes after liberty because mm-hmm. it can go really good or really bad, and men have that. And so then what it's saying is, is we are committed to using justice as a way to steer people away from bad and towards good. And we, we believe in a system that brings justice to, and okay. So that's an idea and people, uh, I, I think those are good ideas. Those are biblical ideas. Yep. I think we should be committed to those ideas. I think we should pledge allegiance to those ideas as long as, what I'm pledging my allegiance to is the first part of it, a nation under the auspice of God Almighty, because they can't, they can't, um, uh, I, I can't, this is, this is the problem. And even maybe the order uh, is problematic for the Christian Academy. And maybe if, mm-hmm. if you're a parent or a teacher or 
someone, you know, you hear this and this yeah. gets back to, listen, we're, we're okay with it. Just, we're always asking, why do we do what we do? Right. And should we do this? We shouldn't just do things because the last, so the story with the, the priest is he he's preaching and there's always a cat outside the the door and he's he's making Meowing. he's making a lot of noise so he ties the cat's tail to a tree and then there came another uh, priest who didn't mind the cat but because the last one did he just tied it to the tree and then the cat died so they went out and got another cat to tie to the tree right so, <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> so the moral of the story is so why yeah. do we do what we yeah, do yeah so. <laughs> So, okay, um, if I pledge allegiance to uh, the American flag and then I turn around and pledge allegiance to the Christian flag, and I, can I just say that the Christian flag is problematic and uh, it, it, it is synonymous with a lot of difficult things in, that Christians have been a part of and used because what they had was ideology and not biblical theology yeah mm-hmm. so they've extrapolated ideas and they've been and so we're, we're going to talk about that this idea of of uh as jordan peterson would say uh don't be an ideologue remove uh what what, what does he say what, abandon ideology there it is one of his new rules in the in 12 more rules for life is abandon ideology. Sometimes that ideology can actually come from scripture, but then what happens if I don't have biblical, if I don't have theology, which is what do I believe about God, which helps shape all of these ideas, Mm -hmm. I will actually elevate one idea over the other one. Yes. And I'll actually be unbiblical or un. And so I like, you talk about the Christian flag. That's exactly what happens during the crusades is, an There's an idea without mm-hmm. theology. And yeah, and absolutely. Just come on, it, say that again. You could tweet that. That's a yeah. ideology without theology. I like Man, it when stuff rhymes. You know? I like it. Those are like those tweetable. I feel weird. Oh, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> that deep, saturated voice. What? So throughout <laughs> throughout history, uh, with particularly the Christian Crusades, literally what happened was there was an ideology that so superseded biblical theology that the ideologies and the righteousness and the freedom and the liberty that comes from creator God, as told by scripture, were thrown out the window in favor of reclaiming land, literally, quite literally raping and pillaging along the way on some holy conquest yeah. in the name of the church and the Pope. And so now, that's some a, of, now some of the problem is that they did not have the Bible for themselves, which led to the Reformation. Absolutely. Right? So, Absolutely. So, yeah. so that's so the so if I'm going to order things, the Bible in this pledge is not last. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so it, it, that that's that's the disturbing part when we, like if you think about it, it's like I don't do the American flag first, then the Christian flag, yeah. then. Mm-hmm. Um, What's the third one that they pledge allegiance to? The Bible. The Bible. And the it's Bible. and and it's really good stuff. Even the Christian flag, one Savior, one uh-huh. like Christ crucified, Very buried, and coming theology. again. Like awesome. It, so here's what I think we're missing. We like we were talking about this and even trying to add some of this in our services. Like I think creeds help us understand good theology. Mm-hmm pledges of allegiance can actually put me uh, into bad theology. Sometimes. So if I pledge allegiance to, to something else other than the person of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, then I have the potential 
to be held captive by these other ideas. And so uh, the Bible is the last one. Hey, you've been a lamp. I don't even know the pledge. My my kids know right here. You got it. I got it. Yeah. Because it's kind of every Christian school does this. It says, I pledge allegiance to the Bible. God's holy word. Yep. I will make it a lamp unto my, my feet, feet a and a light unto my yep. path, and I will hide its word in my heart that I might not sin against God. Sure. So that you could call that a uh, a psalm, a declaration, mm-hmm. like the the language, but what we've done is is we've taken this idea of the pledge of allegiance to the flag and now we've extrapolated that and we've built on that because maybe and I don't know how they started doing this, but it's almost like hey I should realize that my ultimate submission is to Christ and his mm-hmm. gospel and everything else is secondary. So it's God and country. Mm-hmm. God always should come first. God, family, country. Yep. Yeah. Like, like it, uh, some people go faith, family, country. Sure. Yeah. These are like, these are like words that, that come from the human's heart, the human heart's need for like order. Sure. Uh, and so to get things in the proper order so that we might live a more orderly, prosperous life, so, we kind of boil things down this so, way. So I, th- I don't think that's a, a, a bad idea. Right. But um, ide- a submission to ideals mm-hmm. is not ideal. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and because the submission is to a personal God. Okay, so here's the problem with submission to an ideal or a set of ideas. Um, it, it is exactly what Satan did to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve did not realize that their submission was to to God Himself, mm-hmm. and so what they what they tried to the ideal was don't eat of that that tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right. So here here's the that's the ideal. Mm-hmm. Right, and Satan tried to boil down infinite complexity and majesty of who God is and the knowledge of who God is and everything that is God, creator God. He tried to boil it down into one sentence of, God doesn't want you to know what it's like to be him when they already actually were like God. Yeah, made in his image. So the The first lie, so he can twist and like he's the father of all lies and so if we live in ideals he's better at communicating ideals than we are yeah right and so he twists and and so what is seemingly good and what starts out as a good idea can become uh a very so even the idea of bodily sovereignty like we talked about okay that's a biblical idea and and that's what the controversy was i believe my body my choice Okay, that's an ideal. Okay, that and I think that's a biblical ideal, right? That ideal does not supersede my submission to creator God who says that human life is precious and should be protected and Jesus will ultimately say if anyone hurts a child yeah. Man, bad deal, right? Mm-hmm. So even in the womb, because we believe that is a child, and we believe that that baby is not that woman's body, and so that's scientific. But the ideal has become what's the allegiance to. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm not able to see the nuance. Mm-hmm. If I, so, so people have pledged allegiance to that ideal, and there have been billions of babies aborted in the name of an ideal. 
Yeah. And so when when I move myself and that and that's ultimately Jordan Peterson's chapter on uh, abandoning ideology. Yeah. Is because you won't you won't see the nuance or actually look yes. for truth. Yeah. You will ignore truth in submission to your allegiance to an ideal. Yes, because as human beings, we just have a proclivity to try to hyper simplify very very complex things down into terminology, vocabulary, and uh, we talk about all the time these these wagon words like uh, like evolution or um or um liberal conservative there's all these other terms that get attached to those things that we have to well if i'm going to be one or or i'm going to support a side i am now having to take on all those things and so sometimes most of the time what happens in history whether it's a political ideology and even the church at times with their own ideologies throughout history um, as human beings we have a tendency to Good. That's the phone ringing. We work hard here at Crossroads Church. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah, you, Pastor Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> so, ten, so, tends, so what tends to happen throughout human history, essentially, is we tend to oversimplify very, very complex ideas. And we boil them down into these specific ideals that tend to be corrupted. For instance... Um, we can we can look at solving problems. So at the turn of the, the turn of the 19th century, um, in what was then Russia, would soon become the uh, the USSR. Essentially, what happened was you had this: all the problems of an entire country were labeled onto the bourgeoisie class of people, which were the ruling class. They were the wealthy business people, and so uh, the propaganda that began to circulate from the time of Karl Marx on to Joseph, uh, not Joseph Stalin, uh, Lenin, uh, and it led to the revolution in Russia, were all boiled down to this one group of people lording over another people. We've talked about Marxist ideology. Sure, because um, it's, an yeah. it's an ideal. Yeah, but you, they pinned it in their culture, in their society. They pinned all of the world's problems on the bourgeoisie class. Sure. Same thing happened in Nazi Germany. They just happened to choose a religious culture group called the Jews. Yeah. So they pinned everything. So as if all of the problems could be pinned on one small group of people, that can be the tendency and proclivity of human beings to do things when we're so attached to our ideals. So, so the pledge, so the pledge of allegiance being, coming in 1942, right in the middle of all that, is trying to get like mm -hmm. here are the ideals yeah. that we submit to, right? Mm -hmm. Not a um, a utopian um, superhuman yeah. race, uh, or ultimately that rich people are bad, poor people are good. Listen, the Bible does not uh, put things in that terms. It, it actually, uh, if you want to get real clear, it says there's no one good, no, not one, yeah. and then puts forth the person of Christ as the only one. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the begotten Son of God is the only one good, right? Yeah. Um, but in the terms of rich and poor, the the how do you say that the 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 bougie the bourgeoisie class, bourgeoisie. which is actually is that where that comes <laughs> from? That's, that's exactly where it comes Whoa, from. Bougie dang. it comes from bourgeois bourgeoisie. What's up, Carters? That I'd never heard that. So until. is that a negative or a positive? Uh, I I don't think it's, I think that's a. I don't a know. Bit of an insult. Well, let me, let's grab the phone it. and uh, call up Karl Marx and ask him. <laughs> yeah, <what he> <laughs> bourgeoisie. It's bougie. All right. So apparently the new. Uh, 
<laughs> poppy country song that you guys really like. Uh, says eating at Wendy's is really bougie. You heard this? Uh, that's definitely debatable. Have you heard that? Is it country or is it pop? They've got you, square uh, hamburger patties. That's you not watch natural. your mouth right now. <laughs> and Wendy's is actually good. Okay, don't yeah, don't bash Wendy's. Uh, Wendy's was the first place that ever have real hamburgers right L- like long poke wendy's dude used to get their ground beef every morning from bruce's prime cuts no way all those long poke people you know what i'm talking about best meat in town Ooh. they would go and get all of their ground I, beef i can't believe you're defending square hamburger patties and there's nothing wrong with that that's an idea you have an ideal of what yeah. a hamburger patty should look Tear like your no, ideal no, no. You're, you're clearly wendy's you're has an ideal about what they think hamburger patties should be and compared to everybody else and now you're so expressing your ideal so what you're saying <laughs> their is, ideal's wrong do you see what he just did he just in a fallacy he has found himself because he now says that popularity <laughs> what is, uh, what <laughs> that the consensus decides what a hamburger do you see we did not plan any of that <laughs> no. but, um, this is what we do yeah, as human beings right? yeah so, but the that that's very true like everything you'll find this idea this um i, I want to get even past using that word um uh, but the reality of you will try to mm-hmm. simplify things into and compartmentalize into uh, into a, bo- a, a box right you'll, yeah. you'll try to put it into a labelable you'll put a label on that thing okay what well, this is what i think politically this is what i think about yeah. healthcare. this is what yeah. i think about uh it the stems, country yeah, this is what i think about yeah. church and this is what it stems from our need for some sort of order ultimately that benefits us and makes us comfortable and what makes biblical theology so important to i think for us figuring out the order of things is that there and this is what makes christianity um or or judeo-christian perspective so unique is that the we as human beings in a relationship with creator god we outsource the arbitrary nature of the that ideal whatever the ideal we outsource it to god we actually acknowledge that like paul says there's no there's not nobody's good except one pastor sam says all the time and quotes all the time um the the story of the bible is about everybody getting it wrong and one man getting it right and so that's what makes us trying to figure out how to prioritize these ideals, righteousness, yeah. goodness. Yeah. We outsource it. We we humbly submit that to God as the arbiter of truth, yeah. justice, liberty, freedom, sure. all these things that we get. So that's what makes Christianity so unique. Yeah, and and when you instead of uh, submitting to God's ideas about all of this, um then you're left to creating your own values. Mm-hmm. And that's very difficult to do. Just mm-hmm. even try to like, notice like you want to go on a, on a diet, you want to get in better shape. Like you literally immediately go look at, look up something to try to help you how to even you. It's really hard to discover values. And that's, that's kind of been Jordan Peterson's whole, uh, kind of uh, conversation with Sam Harris, the atheist, he's going, you you can't just come up with this. You're so outside. Like th- th- this is a strong support for a creator God, because it seems as though there's a right way, wrong yeah. way. There seems to be universal right and wrong. That's C.S. Lewis's opening chapter of mere Christianity to yep. start with. There is law in nature mm-hmm. as uh, the mathematician um, John Lennox will say that math, mathematics and science um, 
came because they believed that they could observe law. They be, well, they believed uh, in a legislator, so then they believed that there had to be law in nature that mm-hmm. they could discover. Yep. So the, this, I mean, you think about mathematics, man. It is a mathematics is a strange thing, and yet it seems as though there's some kind of code in our nature that we can we can find that theory has become law right like Mm -hmm. uh, in mathematics when a theory uh uh, i think it becomes a proof theory becomes a proof and in science theory becomes a law uh and so they believe they could study nature and discover these laws because there was a, a, a legislator so when i don't submit to the highest law i would try to make my own laws and my own laws will be uh, from my own perspective and actually cause me to be lawless against other people and and so then like uh, a direct attack that the bible gives against uh, communism this this bougie is that what you say bourgeoisie oh, class bu- the ruling class the, yeah. against the bougie the bougie against uh, the bougies <laughs> so watch out y'all if you're bougie watch communists it. are coming for you yeah so um the, the Bible describes uh, not rich and poor, but righteous and unrighteous. And the idea of righteousness is t- uh, to be in right standing with God. You and God are I, okay? So, uh, all right, all right, all right. And, and so in that, the Bible describes um, four different scenarios. There's uh, righteous rich, unrighteous rich. There is righteous poor and unrighteous poor. Okay, so an example of a righteous rich person is Joseph of Arimathea, who allows Jesus to use his tomb, which fulfills prophecy that he would be uh, crucified with a criminal and then buried with the rich. Yeah, like yeah. which is not what would happen. They would literally take their bodies and have them cast into the dump. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They would not get a proper proper burial. This is not something that is allowed. Yet yeah. this fulfills prophecy that was told hundreds of years before. Joseph of Arimathea, mm-hmm. um, wealthy man, righteous man, uh, somehow believes the gospel. Yeah. Right. They call it a borrowed tomb afterwards. Right. Uh, I love that. He gets it back. Yeah. He gets. He only needed it for the weekend, baby. And uh, so. Anyways, uh, then there's unrighteous rich, which is the rich young ruler who comes to, to Jesus, goes, how do I inherit the kingdom of God? He says, sell everything, give it to the poor. Now, this is where ideals from the Bible get extrapolated mm-hmm. and goes, well, this guy's wicked. Now, Jesus did not tell every person. He did not tell uh, when um, when Nic- Nic- Nicodemus, who was also a wealthy man yeah. uh, in the, uh, the part of the, the kind of inner temple court, uh, he was a part of the Sanhedrin, wealthy man, educated man. He does not tell... Um, he he does not tell uh, Nicodemus to sell everything. Yeah. He uh, Paul doesn't tell Lydia in Acts, who is a seller of purple goods, to yeah. sell her stuff. Right. Uh, and when it says a seller of purple goods, uh, that meant she had a house in L.A., a house in New York. Man, this guy this guy bougie. was a, a fashionista. <laughs> she was bougie. Uh, bougie. <laughs> she was a fashionista before Etsy, baby. And uh, and he doesn't it, like God uses that wealth. Uh, and a, and a gift. Uh, yeah. Paul tells Timothy, command the rich. Uh, 
if if in the church he commands the rich, then he's assuming that there are rich people there yeah. and have not been told to sell everything that they might become right with God. Yeah. And so the assumption is that, uh, and and it even happens in the church, and it's actually become a very uh, progressive idea uh, in that, uh, and it is a Marxist idea that rich people are bad, poor people are good, and so they're inherent. Uh, poor people actually are uh, cannot even be um, convicted or condemned yeah. because they're poor. Then, then, uh, um, so in that. Um, the, the rich young ruler uh, goes away sorrowful because he owned a lot of stuff and couldn't part with it. Jesus knew that this man had an allegiance to wealth, yeah. and he wouldn't give it up. And so he tells this man specifically. And so at the same time, Jesus says, don't love money. Don't you can use money? It can be a tool, but don't love it. Yeah. Don't don't. Uh, if you're, let me say this: that if the ideal for you to be successful is to have a lot of money, then you have the wrong ideal. Yeah. If if money is an allegiance, if you have an allegiance to your job, you have an allegiance to the stock market, you have an allegiance to, uh, then you will uh, ultimately fail yourself, your family, others around you because you've now pledged allegiance, or in other words, you now have an idol that yeah. you worship and you submit to, and it will it will be a terrible god for you. It yeah. will milk yeah. you dry. And right? every- ideals become idols oh there's another one doesn't rhyme like is that mine, a quote yeah not yeah. as good but it's pretty good still so um, righteous well, unrighteous rich then oh yeah, keep going with that. then righteous and unrighteous poor okay so there is the righteous poor which is our lord jesus who uh, the son of man did not even have a place to lay his head yep um he was lowly and meek born in a manger right um, then, uh, the, the widow who gave her, her might gave all yeah. that she had and, and there were rich people there giving. So it's not about mm-hmm. the quantity of yeah. what you give. It, it, it's about the heart behind what you give. And Jesus says she gave more than anyone else mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um, so I would say to you, if you're someone who feels like you're poor and you can't be generous, generosity has nothing to do with the size of your wallet, yeah. because if yeah. you're not you're not generous. It's a heart issue. It's not a hand issue. So you get more in your hand, you'll just become more close handed when you actually have the ability to give. So if you've convinced yourself that I can't give, I can't tithe, I can't, and this isn't a plug for that, but it it is a principle that we need to fully understand that God uh, will help us in sometimes he won't give us more because it would own us more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, And, and so, um, she gave all that she had, um, and then there's the unrighteous uh, poor. poor, which is the the drunkard in in Proverbs who uh, gambles everything that he has, who who uh, won't provide for his family, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of like. Uh, and what happens is, is if we don't see that it's more complicated, yeah, yeah, like like how how simplistic is the communist manifesto that these people are bad and these people are good. And what you found was that when you exchange the wealth and you just changed what was in their hand, oh, we just had the bloodiest century in human history because of an ideal that these people are intrinsically, intrinsically, in Mm -hmm. deep inside of them, intrinsically evil 
and these people are intrinsically good. And that ideology is now why some of um, these major cities ran by this progressive ideology have has been run into the ground. I'm re- I just yeah. started a book called San Francisco, uh, and he's talking about how progressive uh, ideals ruin cities. Yeah. And this yeah. guy is a progressive, or he doesn't call himself that anymore, but a liberal and uh, he taught, and he actually ran some of these organizations, helped some of these organizations, and had some of these ideals. Yeah. But now he realizes he was wrong. Yeah. And so, if you have a, a, a an allegiance to an ideal rather than an allegiance to truth, and which ultimately we believe that truth has a name, yeah. mm-hmm. then I will be blinded. I'll think that hamburgers should be round uh, instead of square. <laughs> And you can arbitrarily insert your own shape for hamburgers, apparently. Why not? That's what we've now discovered. It doesn't have to roll down the street. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, I'm going to eat the thing either way. Either way. <laughs> the good thing is that it's real meat. Sorry, all well, you it vegans. Was. I don't know it was. what it is now, yeah. but I stand by that allegiance. Listen, here's what I want to point out, is that McDonald's has been doing soybean burgers for decades and every, all the health food freaks are like mcdonald's is bad yeah they've been making tofu burgers for 30 years yeah come on man so riddle that's me, why i'm me not that a vegetarian bad, all right Super Size me was one of the most horrific movies documentaries i ever saw and you're telling me that was vegetarian burgers yeah. i'm just pointing I'll out that it wasn't real meat for years that was the criticism they what was the other one what the yeah. health i didn't even what, see that what one. the health yeah let's oh, not get into all that <laughs> propaganda so so what I was, as you guys were talking, it was kind of making me think. So you would say that every single person has an allegiance to something. Yeah, I, I think we want to. I think there's there's a need for it. And I think there's 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 good reason for it because like I need, like Joe said, I, I, we've, we as Christians have outsourced. I thought that's a great way to explain that. Uh, our value system, yeah. because we're we're kind of we're bankrupt yeah. in our ability. We, the we, soil yeah, at the core is of it. barren yes. in the ability to produce values. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when we try to create our own values, uh, the, write our own Ten Commandments. Okay, uh, then we are left to our own uh, misguided sense of the world and what we do is we uh, we assume i know other people better than mm-hmm. uh they know themselves and i know what's best for them and it's not true vice versa yeah yeah and i, I can th- i mean i i think of the powerful imagery of uh the story of the of the the children of israel in the in the desert and moses goes up to, on the mountain uh comes down with the 10 commandments handwritten by God and comes back to his people worshiping a golden idol because they needed something. They needed yeah. something. It's like, first of all, how long was Moses up there? <laughs> Anyways. <Yeah. laughs> um, second of all, it's just like par for the course uh, for human beings. Yeah. Yeah. Like we all, we will bow and worship something or someone. Sure. Yeah. We will Even, every time. I, I think, um, so you hear people say that that was ultimately uh, Frederick Nietzsche's uh, mm. declare is that God is dead and we have killed him. Uh, and uh, that gets misconstrued, I, I think. He, it was not an announcement of victory. victory. Yeah. It was a, a warning. 
what the hell will we do now? Yes. Um, yeah. If there is no God to give us values, if yeah. there is no God, and so then the the argument is, you know, we, we don't need God to, we need science to help create our own values. Okay, well, look how that's going. Yeah. Yep. Okay, and if if you're talking about mainstream science creating our values, which I'm not a Darwinian evolution guy, I, I, I think it's, uh, I, I think it has holes, and I, I don't think it explains very well at all, mm-hmm. Uh ultimately the mechanism for life it's it's not scientific at all it is it is theory theory. it should be considered theory i think it's a flawed theory and there are many top scientists not even christian believers top scientists moving back to a god hypothesis to quote stephen meyer's new book uh that they're abandoning this yep. theory, because it doesn't have the ability, especially the discovery of DNA, uh, it doesn't have the ability to explain it. So um, I say that to go, uh, guys like Sam Harris say science can give us our values, and it, and then now we're trying to, in our culture right now, have science give our values, right. but then the science, science is science. It is, yeah. it is a method, yep. and it is ever-changing. Well, they need to create policies and, and values and policies and mandates. And so they're not using science because science would be ever-changing. Yep. And, uh, and when we learn something new, that a new medicine might work for this, a new uh, this, or, hey, I discover that, that uh, uh, children aren't um, as susceptible to this, that they're not in danger of this, but they should still wear masks because it's optics. And then apparently some, you know, some people need to wear a mask. Others don't. Some people in a restaurant need to wear a mask, but others in restaurants don't need to wear a mask. Uh, Incredible. What? Um, Sleepy Joe. uh, Anyways. uh, So, uh, Frederick Nietzsche said, God is, God is dead. And this idea, so now what we're seeing and, and even the, I think it's Michael who we're to, do you remember the, the author's name of Sam? Oh, Michael. Sam friend. I got it's it like right here. Schellenberg. That's what I wanted to say. It was something like that. Schellenberger. This is not an endorsement of his book. I'm just re- Yeah. Schellenberger. Berger. Yeah. Ber- yeah. Oh. Schellenberger. Speaking of burgers, Speaking of burgers. Hey, you like should make guy. your burgers into shells. I'm glad he came around. Um, <laughs> you know? Anyways, so um, he talks about what, what you see now is religious dogma mm-hmm. when it comes to... He, he also wrote a book called Apocalypse Never and talking about the dangers of, of climate... Um, I forget what he calls it, uh, hysteria, climate hysteria. Mm-hmm. And um, so the way in which people are pushing vaccines, pushing math, you know, uh, Dr. Sanja Gutta, who's that guy? Is that, yeah, the, that CNN, right? the CNN, the lead uh, like medical analyst. Who was just CNN. on Rogan. Yeah. yeah. He, he, the way he talked about when Rogan pushed back and go, well, oh, I have immunity. And he goes, well, aren't you going to get vaccinated? And he goes, well, I have immunity. And then, then he talked about the kids being vaccinated. And he goes, well, wait a second. Uh, kids don't have a problem with this. Why would kids get vaccinated when there's this risk of myocarditis and all of these things and there's statistics? And many of you listening to this, you, you know these things. You can go look these things up. What he began to talk about, and later 
you hear them t- discuss he, in another podcast, um, Rogan's interview with the CNN uh, medical advisor, um, the way he talked about it was more religious dogma yeah. and an adherence to an idea. An allegiance. An allegiance to an idea rather than actually listening to what someone was saying in front of them, evaluate the science, the logic, the data, and then making a conclusion of what am I going to do from that? But yeah. when you have an allegiance to an idea, yeah. a, a particular side, a particular network, um, you can't say that ivermectin has validity to it. You, you have to call it horse dewormer yep. uh, because now I have an idea. Mm-hmm. You know, or on the other side, you know, well, COVID's not a problem. It's like, man, if you if you still think COVID's yeah. not a problem, if you still think COVID's not real and not a real disease, y- you've married an idea, yep. right? And uh, and it, uh, like we said earlier, it's far more complicated than that, right? And I got to be able to discern truth right. on. So the warning is: don't <laughs> don't be the person that's over hyper simplifying everything and assuming that you're right yeah like don't just read the so an example i was listening to a a couple guys talk on a podcast uh and uh one was talking about the headline of uh and essentially it was um i don't want to butcher this but butcher it, it yeah oh man Basically, the headline of saying that this, uh, it was about Eric Clapton, actually. Um, and it was saying Don't that. Don't butcher it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's why I want to make sure I get this one right. You know, Eric Clapton is vaccinated, but he didn't like, and that's what our first podcast was talking about, is like, you should be against mandates because yep. mandates infringe on people's uh, bodily autonomy and their sovereign, bodily sovereignty. Like, they are in free individuals. Yep. One nation under God would liberty yeah and they've done nothing criminal to that that then invokes the justice part that removes their liberty yep. right so uh, we should not and if if you don't have freedom over what goes into your body what do you have freedom over yeah. and coercion is, and manipulation is witchcraft man the, the, the bible talks in the old testament about that um yeah so if you don't like Eric Clapton, you should really like him now because yeah, so basically what he was getting at was he had a whole tour scheduled, but they wouldn't let him tour um, unless uh, for the venues that people had to prove vaccination yeah, or come he, with a COVID he, test. So he decided so he to, tour. to do yeah. the tour because he didn't want vaccine passports. People to have to even disclose. Immediately after, there's a news report that says Eric Clapton's past racist comments. Oh, yeah. Oh. And so immediately, let's move yeah. to ad hominem, let's move to discredit, yeah. rather yeah. than actually thinking about, because here's what they're afraid, I have to discredit, because who doesn't like Eric Clapton, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> like the, you know right? what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so so I got I to gotta move to discredit, because if he's credible, I might actually listen to what he's saying and go, well, man, if Eric, yep. Eric Clapton, I, I started feeling like, some of the things, and now I, I I don't think this is conspiracy, but I do think it's uh, why this thing was prolonged, lockdowns, things like that. Some of the hardest mandates were against um, uh, gyms, yeah. uh, 
barbershops, barbershops, churches, tattoo studios, tattoos, bars. Yep. Okay. Now all of that. And then you have churches in the middle of it and you're like, and, and even bar, like these aren't big, those places aren't big gatherings. So you can't like, you can't put it on that. Right. You could go stand at Costco. Like, yeah, Yeah. I, I started going, what do these places have in common? And the thing, the, the number one thing I could, that I could come to the conclusion is this is a place where people have real conversations sitting. I mean, I used to know what it was like to sit in a barber's chair and have a conversation. What's that like, Tyler? I don't do it nearly enough. I, I should do it more, but it's a, <laughs> it's really pleasant. It's a He's blessing. He's picky about it's, his barbers. It's a blessing. So, so you go to a salon, you put your phone away, your, your media is now like real world, uh, real conversations. Yep. Churches having a, you know, um, going and getting a, a local tap and having a conversation with somebody, but yet going to the gym, it, I, I'm disconnected from my phone. And these are the places that have the most real world engagement right now. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I, this is the place where these conversations about, man, I, I, I don't know. What do you think about this? What do you think? Hey, hey, this is someone I like. This is someone I know. They're credible. Eric yep. Clapton. Uh, man, here's somebody I like. His music seems like a reasonable guy. Maybe he's a guy that like, and yet, and it, this is our problem too. Think about when you talk about outsourcing values, we've just changed it from God to celebrity. Like mm-hmm. we like if they like it, we like it, right? So yep. think yep. think of, think about we can't even create our own styles. We can't even create our own thoughts. We go to everyone else to figure that. So when someone goes, oh well, I don't need someone else to tell me. Oh, absolutely, you yeah. do. Yeah, like we're built for community, yep. and we need community. And you know, there there is something about consensus and accountability, yeah. but well, it's, but it's, it's not about majority rule either. Like it's there's funny a balance that you mentioned that. some of that because as, as you're saying that I'm thinking about all those different places that would initially were locked down a lot. Um, and then our tendency and need to surround ourselves with people that think similarly to us. Sure. So in home gatherings, it's like, Oh, you can have people over because people that are going to come over to your house are going to think similarly mm. to you. And so mm. you're going to have conversations about, we're in agreement that this is ridiculous or stupid or we disagree with this or oh, we don't like this. But when you go to a place with someone and have a conversation that you don't quite know where they stand and you you feel the tension even now is, sure. you know, you walk into a store and begin talking with someone and it's like, where's this conversation going to go? Um, but controlling the ideals that you have and then it, there's almost like a tendency to where let's control the the change of ideals and switching of allegiance. Like we, we yeah. don't want people to change their ideals or switch allegiance. We we want to polarize that more and more. Yeah. So what we've done is we've placed we we've placed celebrities in the place of God in order to go. Hey, that's why the, like it was so interesting for um, the White House to uh, reach out to Cardi B when she was quite questioning vaccination. Why? Because this mm-hmm. is one like when we say one nation under God, we're actually moving back to. Um, polytheism where we have many gods they're mm-hmm. just uh the brad pitts and the, the lebron james yeah. and the and the tom brady but he's you know he's on the he, he might <laughs> he's he's up there with jesus he's i mean jesus is sitting at the right hand of god and then tom brady's sitting no, at the right hand of i'm jesus. not gonna go that far. <laughs> it's in the bible it's 
I think he's, if, a, he's, he's not the golden in, calf, but he is the golden goat. <laughs> oh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what they were worshiping at the foot of Mount Sinai. <laughs> Tom Brady's been here is that? all along. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I mean, you explain how he's aging back, backwards. I don't he's, know. he's Benjamin, <laughs> Benjamin Button right Button. now. <laughs> he's crazy. <laughs> you know, witchcraft. You've positioned yourself where you, you have no access, quick access to your buttons. Uh, there, there were so many spots for... There were so many spots for that. <laughs> and I literally on Sunday, someone came up to me and was like, dude, I loved it. Joe with his buttons. And like, I think you're, I think you're missing some. A little some sleepy great, today. Yeah, your gravy sleepy time. Joe today. Sleepy Joe. Sleepy <laughs> Joe. Change my name to Sleepy Joe. Joe. Um, you know the thing. There you go. So, uh, so we, we started the whole thing off with pledging allegiance. Yeah. So let me, let me, uh, let me finish this idea of that in, in a sense of anything. We've moved from one nation under God to a nation of many gods. Yeah. And so what we've done is we've positioned celebrities and uh, politicians. politicians uh, and so in that uh, Fauci uh, by like, and, and yeah, doctors. listen, I'll go at the right too. like Trump is like Trumpism. Mm-hmm. And uh, yep. let's be careful. Candace, if Candace Owens says it or, or, Joe Rogan says it. Or yep. Like the, are, we so look for people that we yeah. feel are uh, above us. Now think about even that idea. Mm-hmm. You'll say they're well, they're that's above my pay grade. So now, which one is it? Is yeah. is is your allegiance to money or people who have money? Yeah. Who people who might f- feel like if they have more money, they have more information about it than you do, mm-hmm. and so. Y- we're all in submission to those who are over us. And yet we have to decide where is our allegiance. Yeah. So then it, it comes back to, well, I got to be careful if there comes a time where my nation is not submissive to the one true God. Yeah. If policies and procedures and legislations, uh, when when the nation begins to be represented, if we're if we're a republic represented by our elected officials and our elected officials literally platform and preach a gospel of uh, of abortion. Yeah preach a gospel of transgenderism and there's no difference between male and female created in the image of God. If they preach a gospel of sexual revolution and do whatever you want and feel, then I have to ask the question, where is my allegiance? And so that, that becomes very difficult to think about. Mm -hmm. So then the order of the pledge of allegiance for the Christian Academy is problematic in that if I pledge allegiance to the flag, then to the Christian flag, then to the Bible, the Bible is the thing that informs every other thing that I have to question my allegiance to where Colossians says it this way. Uh, Therefore, as you have received Christ the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in faith. This is Colossians 2, starting in verse 6. Uh, now I'm in 7, rooted and built up in him and established in faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Then it says in verse 8, so first it says, be rooted in him, walk in him, uh, be built up in him, established in your faith. Um, and he reminds them of what they're taught. Then he goes on, see to it that no one takes you captive 
by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition. Mm -hmm. Insert ideals. Insert tying the cat's tail to the tree, and I just do what the last guy did. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so in San Francisco, the, the book, he talks about like ideals like uh, that, that San Francisco has adopted, like this, it, the idea is, is housing first. Yep. It's so, a right. It's an intrinsic right. Or just the idea that people would get better if they just had a place to live. Yeah. If they weren't on the street. And yet what you don't realize in taking a deal is those people, 100% of the time, this is what he found when he interviewed, 100% of the time, those people on the street are in deep addiction. Yeah. And not only just addiction, but mental illness. And so then what happens is they um, put these people in houses. It actually closeted their addiction and actually uh, the death rate and overdose rate did not go down. Like they're not helping. It's gotten yeah. worse. We spend millions and millions mm -hmm. of dollars and more and more people have come there. So, so when they have an allegiance to an idea, housing first, he begins to go on and go like, we're now not assessing the problem because you've created your own value and yep. you've said these people are, and then they've created policies around it. Like certain, like you can steal up to $900 worth of goods and not yeah. get arrested for it. So literally like what they've said is poor people just, they don't have a house. And so they do this because they're they're and, and they've changed it from right homeless. Even he says homeless is a, uh, is a propaganda word yeah uh which says if they just had if what it does is it 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 kind of puts the single mom who just lost her job and and here's what he begins to, to say through research is as a country we do a really good job for those people yeah the amount of people statistically on the streets are there because they want to be they choose to be which goes back to what we talked about last week when jesus says or i think it's two weeks ago the poor will be with you always yeah mm-hmm like it's not yeah. about what they have it's what's it's what's in their heart like right. there has like they're feeling it with something else yeah and so uh anyways these ideals have ruined these cities because they've become the highest value rather than actually looking what would help them how yeah. do they yeah and one of the things he talks about is discipline having people like yeah. live up to an apartment live up to uh have um he he brings up Amsterdam. Is it Amsterdam? Amsterdam, the, the Netherlands. Yeah. Um, and basically, like people can't just so the homeless word. Like it's propaganda to say that. What now he he suggests using is open drug scene. Yeah. Like instead of homeless encampments, don't even call it that. That's an ideal. Yep. But that's not really what these places are. It is an open drug scene mm -hmm. and it is some of the most wicked things that are happening in those places yeah. that people yeah. are being abused and yeah. raped yep. and there's and, a mafia within oh yeah yeah and so what we call homelessness is really an open drug and so what happens is i marry that idea and i'm not able to accurately assess what's right in front of me and so yep. then uh, it becomes tradition it becomes this is our policy this is how we do things the church is so guilty of that as well and paul quickly warns us to be rooted and grounded in christ yep. so that we're not taken to um captive to empty flaws so we would already know from the scriptures just because they're poor or homeless doesn't make them good yeah mhm mm there's righteous poor and, and, so, and so then I should be able to arrest them. Yep. Right. And, um, and 
help, and some of them want to be arrested. Some of them want to go to jail so they could get help. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a meal, a meal and a shower. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and so anyways, um, I, I think what I, what I kind of want to get to is like, um, this allegiance problem is like, okay, then clearly my allegiance is to Christ. Okay. So don't hear me wrong. I think you should say the pledge of allegiance and you should do that without guilt or shame or uh, a conscience with it. Uh, I, I think the Christian flag, debatable. Um, the, the Bible, I think we should get better at understanding what I'm saying about the scriptures. Yep. Um, and ultimately, everything submits to the rule and reign of Christ. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about this because this weekend we're doing water baptism. Yep. Uh, water baptism is our pledge of allegiance. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's like this mm-hmm. physical thing. Like when yep. you say the pledge, of it, like it's all outward. stand, yep. right? Like physical, yep. outward. Put your right hand, remove your caps, right? Some of us do, some of us don't. Yep. Uh, and, and I don't want to blind anybody. Blinded by yeah. the light. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't a button. That was live. <laughs> um, he didn't know which button to push. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking at them all. <laughs> That's good. So all, all, all stand, <laughs> put your right hand over your heart, and, and let's say the Pledge of Allegiance. Yep. It's this physical thing, community thing. And so when we talk about water baptism, water baptism is, a, is an outward expression. This is the old mantra, right? An outward expression of an inward change. Yep. Something you can't see being put on display by something you can see. What you're essentially saying is my allegiance. Yep is to the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, which we call the gospel, the mm-hmm. good news about Jesus. Yep. He came, he lived, he suffered and died. He did not stay dead, but he rose again, and he was inaugurated and ascended, exalted to the right hand of the Father, and he is king. And yep. when I'm baptized, I'm literally saying that everything else in my life is under submission to King Jesus. Yeah. I'm following Jesus and I'm moving away from every other idea. That's why the Bible talks about war is in ideas against the exaltation of Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Second, uh, I think it's second, second Corinthians, Corinthians. Yeah. Uh, yeah. something 15 is it two fifteen? Um, says we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and spiritual wickedness in high no that's wrong verse uh the weapons of our warfare are not of this world is that right but mighty and mighty through god to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of god Mm -hmm. this idea that there are ideas better than god's ideas there are uh ways to fix problems way to assess people better than 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 the person of Jesus, yep. and and then what what has to happen is is then I submit and constantly look. Now the enemy will then try to twist, just like he did in the garden. Jesus's words, like one of those things that's being twisted right now, is Jesus says, "Love your neighbor as yourself." Yep. So what happens is, is the enemies now use that and try to redefine what love is. I was reading. Uh, I actually jumped again on BioLogos's uh, website oh, to see no. where they were at. And, Sucker for punishment. Oh, man. man. And there was a lady on there talking about her Christian school mm-hmm. and how they were making mask optional, which is basically what our Christian school did. And this gal uh, then at a board meeting 
begin to show her concern. Now she's an editor for BioLogos, wow. and she actually went after the school board. It was, it was interesting. Some of us here were like, "Hey, like that's not what we want for our kids." But this lady actually went at the school board, saying that kids should be in masks. Wow! And they was concerned at the very the few people that, if given the choice, would not wear masks, and that's why we needed to. So here's what she's saying: is loving your neighbor. Now hold on a second. Is loving your neighbor uh, forcing them to wear a mask that they yeah. wouldn't? Is is loving your neighbor convincing children to be afraid of a disease that they should not be afraid of? Like I just got a text. Yeah. My nephew tested positive for COVID, so I'm praying for him. But but he is a young and healthy, strapping uh, young man. He's like I don't know. He's like in sixth grade and he almost dunk now like <laughs> like this is not he's not related to me at all and uh, <laughs> and yet i'm not worried yeah i get that text yeah i'll pray for him i'm not worried about it yeah. uh so then loving my neighbor is speaking the truth like i can't just extrapolate this one thing jesus said and then use it for everything which says comply uh make sure you don't piss anybody off make sure yeah. that everyone likes you right. make sure that is not the story of jesus and yet that's an ideal we've yep. taken the very word of christ i think this is maybe the most dangerous when i really think about yep. it because jesus says loving your neighbor fulfills all of the law well, one of those things that fulfills is not bearing false witness. Yep. Yeah. Thou shalt not lie. Bear false witness against your brother. Okay. When you uh, call the cops because your neighbor's having a barbecue and they're breaking mandates and lockdown deals, uh, and they and you say they're a danger to the community, or you call about your church that you used to attend, uh, if you're listening, we love Hello. You. we love you. You can come back. They're, no, and, they're not uh, listening. They might be. Uh, anyways, uh, if 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 you call the and say they're endangering people by meeting, you're bearing false witness because that is not true. If yeah. you drive by and you see uh, a bunch of teenagers in the parking lot having an amazing time at the hub, and you say they're they're in danger. They're, they're, you're bearing, you're lying about yeah. them. You're lying about a disease. And so then you've said that they should do what you want them to do. And you've now twisted what Jesus says, loving your neighbor as yourself. And you've used yeah. it as the highest weapon to get people to never do anything yeah. that yeah. causes division. And Jesus literally says, I don't come to create peace. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to create war. Yeah. I'll divide people. Yep. Because the truth is divisive. You go, oh, that's divisive and offensive. No, the truth is divisive. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The Bible says the word of God is like a sword and it divides and goes into the very intents of your heart. The word of God will actually divide you against you. You know, the yep. old view, the old you versus the, yep. the new you. When you realize you're in Christ, that you realize there's two yous that live in yep. you. Uh, and, and when you read the word, you go, oh, that's the, that's what I tend to do. Mm -hmm. That's what I used yeah. to do by the grace of God. As you go further, you go, well, I'm glad I'm not that guy anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so my allegiance then, so through water baptism, I think, so I would say this, here's my encouragement. If you're thinking about being baptized, stop thinking and do, do it. it right. Pledge allegiance. Yep to the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is our God has become king 
by way of the cross and we follow suit and we follow him. Now here's what we say. Like this is mystery. Water baptism doesn't mean you're perfect. Yep. I mean, have you met me? I'm the pastor. Okay, <laughs> friends. God uses foolish things to confound the wise. And I'm perfectly qualified. So then, um, there you go. Uh, it's not about you saying you're perfect. It's about uh, you saying I'm following the one who is perfect, that I'm pointing. What you're doing is you're being a sign. You're being made into a signpost. You're going, you know, I'm not qualified to make these types of decisions. I'm going to outsource my arbitrary nature of deciding what's right and wrong, and I'm going to allow God to decide and God to lead me in that in my life. I'm yep. acknowledging that I don't have it all together, but there's one who is. In faith, he's got it all together, and so I'm going to do my best in front of God and everybody, in front of my church, in front of my family, my friends, the world, and, to, and say, for accountability's sake, yep. I pledge I allegiance, pledge allegiance I'm, to Jesus. The, yep. I'm following I'm Jesus. And, and so the idea is that if you get around me, and this should be true, if you're following Jesus, then when people get around you, they might bump into him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And if, and, and that should be true. If you are someone who has your allegiance should be to the one who has conquered death, hell, and the grave. I mean, this is yeah. how societies have been ruled. They either rule by the fear of death or by death itself. Mm -hmm. We'll make you afraid of us. Yeah. We'll take your life if you don't do what we tell you to do, or we'll actually kill you or we'll kill somebody else in order to make you afraid of what we will do to you. Yes. But when Christ has removed the fear of death, yeah. to mm -hmm. live as Christ but to die as gain, my allegiance is the one. Now, I'm not bound by fear. Mm -hmm. uh, we are, we're no longer captive to yeah. fear. Yeah. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Yep. So when, when someone says, love your neighbor as yourself, wear a mask, get vaccinated, like, well, I don't feel like it might, maybe someone does need to wear a mask yeah. and maybe they're vulnerable and, they, and it's helpful uh, and they're older and they, they have um, comorbidities. Uh, maybe they need to get vaccinated. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's, a, that's, that's well and good for you to say that someone like myself, I had COVID, I'm not vaccinated and uh, I took um, medicine that is being called horse dewormer. <laughs> Ivermectin. <laughs> and it helped me for a bit, but then I needed antibiotics. I needed steroids. Uh, it was just interesting. Like right after that's when Joe Rogan got it and said he threw the kitchen sink at it. That's yeah. kind of what we did. And we had to go a lot of difficult routes to even yeah. get the medicines that I believe helped keep me out of the hospital. Now I'm turned 35 in the spring. Like I'm, I'm a young guy, I'm relatively healthy. I eat pretty good, uh, but uh, not for you Californians, but I do eat well, for, for a kid from uh, Kentucky, uh, eats from really Kentucky. good, let me tell you. <laughs> so, uh, anyways. Um, he eats some green things. Yeah, some. I used to say the only green thing I eat is a Jolly Rancher. That is not true anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst flavor. It's about watermelon. No, green no, apple. No, that's wrong. Green watermelon. Apple. Anyways, Green it's one. candy time, right? Like it's a danger around here. Yeah, everyone's donating all these yeah. bags of candy for trunk or treat. Man, I'm like, don't open it. By the way, kids. if you don't signed up to bring candy for trunk or treat, you need to you get could, that in. You could drop it. You off. can drop that uh, by the we'll church office. Sample a few before. Much appreciated. We got to do a quality control check. Yeah. Qual <clears throat> so, any, anything else you guys want to say about water baptism? About um, 
our allegiance, how, how we, how we kind of, no, I think, I think water baptism and being the pledge of allegiance to Christ and the gospel is, I think that's a really good way of thinking about what baptism is because Mm -hmm. sometimes the misconception of baptism is that there's going to be this really spiritual experience. Like you're going to go under the water and you're going to come up this new creation. It can be an emotional experience. Absolutely. It's extremely emotional. It's emotional for me as a pastor. Like most of the time I'm on stage here at Crossroads singing a song and just like watching everybody in the church get emotional because we all understand for those of us who've been believers for a while, the, um, the transformational process that Jesus brings us along in. Sure. And when yep. somebody steps out in faith to be on a platform in front of a whole church, a whole community of faith believing people, and then we're all celebrating this step that they're taking, it's, it can be a really emotional thing yep. because we all know the weight of following Jesus. Yeah. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's, it's beautiful. Sometimes it costs us. And that's like this, this, uh, combination and experience of following yeah. Jesus that sometimes we think, oh, I'm going to get baptized, I'm going to come up and everything's going to be perfect, or I'm going to say no. a prayer, and it's just like we all know that that's not real, yeah. Yeah. but you can to find, live is Christ yeah. and to die is gain, and those are transcendent. That's a transcendent idea sure, that you yeah. only find in the person of Jesus, and and it's an emotional thing yeah, sometimes. Yeah. For I us mean, to, you're, you're saying my direction has changed. I might, I might crawl... I might walk, I might be running, yeah. I might trip, stumble, and fall along the way, but I'm following the person of Jesus. Yeah. And all those are very Christian uh, experiences. Yeah. We all fall down. We all fall short. We continually, John will say, anyone who says they don't have sin in their life, that they're not capable of sinning, you've graduated, you've become elevated spiritually that you can't, I call you a liar. Yeah. Uh, and then here's the, but anyone who says they they are following Jesus, but continue to move away from him. Or in other words, if they say they're in the light, but continue to walk in darkness, then the truth of God. Now, what does that mean? It means that you don't pitch your tent in darkness. Yeah, mm-hmm. You're stumbling and crawling and making your way back to the light. I, I've said this often. And some of the reasons, let me just explain this. Some of the, the reasons why I'm repetitive in the things that I say and say it a certain way is because I try to work really hard that if we do come up with a catchy statement or we do come up with something that's a memorable yeah. statement, uh, I've worked really hard to craft that statement. And then I'm not a, uh, kind of embarrassed or ashamed to say it redundantly because this may be the first time someone is hearing this mm-hmm. and then uh, what like I don't want to try to re-say it different ways when it's been crafted that way yeah. so so I say this Christianity is not staying out of the dark Christianity is running towards the light yeah and so it's this idea of like Christianity for years and especially if you're in the Catholic Church Christianity is trying not to sin mm-hmm. right yeah. and so yeah. uh, like but if you're busy, following Jesus, you won't have time to sin. It's in other words, it's the, if you're, if you're following the 10 commandments, like if you're following after Christ, if you're following after God, you won't break all those. If you love your neighbor as yourself, you love God, you love people and you follow him. Well, you'll fulfill all the do's and don'ts and the knots and the oughts. You'll not do those things because you're following him. And so if you, if, and very much the universe tells me this, like there is, you can't create darkness. You can only turn off the light. Yep. Yep. 
right? Like it's a removal of something. Yeah. So when I insert the light, I walk into the light. Um, I can only block light to create shade or turn it off to, to uh, you, know, you know what I mean? So yeah. um, when we think about that, that should be a metaphor for, and, and it's not my metaphor, that's, that's written in First uh, John, he uses this light metaphor of yeah. if, I, if I'm in the light, as he is in the light, then I'm forgiven of all unrighteousness and I have fellowship one with another. So in other words, like community comes when I'm living in the light. I'm not hiding from anybody. I'm not masked up literally and uh, metaphorically, Uh, but I'm free and open and this is who I am and I'm in the light and we can deal with what's in the light and uh, we can we can follow after Jesus. So baptism is the declaration that I am following. But you may be at different points in that journey where you feel like, man, I need to deal with this sin issue. I need to deal with this. Well, baptism is one of the ways that you deal with that because it's a step going towards I'm following Jesus. And you're telling a community of faith that everything else is in submission to Jesus and I'm walking in the light so they can walk alongside of you. Yep. And they can go, hey, man, like, how are you doing with that? Yeah. Or, hey, what about this thing? And so they can hold you accountable. The same way we all need it. Pastors, I need that. Uh, uh, my, as, a, as a father, as a husband, yeah. as, a, as a pastor, as men, we need other people. But it's by when they see that act of allegiance, well, then I can call you out yep. when your allegiance is yep. waning. Well, and that's yeah. almost like a, a wedding of whenever I exactly. do a wedding, I, the people present, it's like, you're not just here to witness a day, but you're here because these people actually appreciate you, you, love you, yeah. and they're going to need you to help them through this. That's exactly um, right. And so baptism is similar where you have now the body of Christ around you that you go, you guys have done this longer. You guys have been through some things that I haven't been through, and I, I want the help of the people here to help carry me through into maturity um, in the best way that I can. Definitely. Yep. So la- I was I was having a thought too. We could probably close after this, but I was thinking practically because when when I hear a lot of this, um, Pastor Sam, as you're talking, a, a lot of times my brain starts going through and saying, "Where's my allegiance?" Because uh, even as a, a, a born again Jesus follower, still sometimes your allegiances, you, you, it's almost like a, a maturing process where you always have to come back and go, "Wait a minute, is." Am I living appropriately? Are my allegiances getting twisted? Do I have ideologies that need to be torn down? Um, and practically, I was thinking through what are practical ways that I can almost have a litmus test in my life of saying, I think my allegiance might be getting a little skewed. Sure, yeah. Um, I, I think if you, one, the, the most practical thing is that, and what we talked about, the order of the allegiance, the Christian school, like is studying the Bible. What yeah. do, What is the Bible condemn what does the bible encourage and then move towards that like um even just reading like the the wisdom literature like the psalms the proverbs man proverbs uh man there's so many uh, great things it can be tough to read at times because it's that divisive thing that shows you um like who you are yeah right uh we were talking about this like sometimes we have an uh an ideal of ourselves like and we curate it for people 
by what we wear, what we listen to. And we were kind of joking around like that when you guys yeah. go, I don't like th this genre of music. Well, when, when you decide, like our preferences sometimes can be, um, we, you ever notice like someone goes, I don't, this is what I find all the time. I don't like country music or I don't like pop music or pop I don't like, music. they've just decided. And yet all of these genres have changed and they adapt and these guys are the music guys, so they completely argued with me on this. <laughs> and uh, we won. We were we were right. No, <laughs> no, no, but you're right, because because like people tend to once they've decided anything, yeah. Now it's it's become this like arbitrary like self governance, yeah. Of like I like this, and and a lot of times it's at specific po points in our life, or even in like in our faith journey, like something happened it solidified so it's like i listened to punk music when i was 14 i fell in love with it at a mosh pit in the year 2002 at a you know yeah. glass house in pomona know. like i have a vivid memory got of when i fell in, in love the eye and i fell in and love I with fell it. in love with it. i loved it yeah er was out i mean you know, working on me in the parking lot anyways you know there was a moment in time where things happen it's like now forever punk music is my thing yeah yeah and when you or or whatever or it's like i fell in love with art and so i became an art major and then now i don't do anything in art you know like yeah. people's experiences like at some point in your life an event happened or something you 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 graduated you got the diploma and like now yeah. you're this yeah. you're that you adhere you, you self-govern that way and maturity oftentimes is like leading us and growing out of those phases yeah. and yeah. it's, it's that so, way so i think a, too. a practical way is to think if i label anything and i have an affinity towards that label i i think we have to be careful i'm yeah. a conservative i'm a liberal i'm progressive those, those are all and yet that is our problem we have yeah. no ability to hear the other side i don't like that guy so I can't listen to that guy. Yeah. I don't like what he's wearing. I don't like what he's saying. I don't like how I don't like his southern accent. You know, I like that funny well, hat. I don't like and, that. You know, as you say that, I'm almost thinking like, it's so preferences is something we can't escape. We're gonna okay. naturally have sure. preferences. Sure. Um, but, but when someone comes against your preference and you take it personal, I feel like at that point you're probably going this down the me road all of the, allegiance. Yeah, and it's funny you say it that way because um, yeah, if 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 we in the church we we call them golden calves like what's the thing around the church as a young pastor thing that's one of the first questions what's the thing that you can't change can't touch because it's so preferential yeah. to people yeah. that people would would and that they, they'll crucify you right like yeah. that they'll they'll sacred cows <laughs> sacred that's it sacred yeah. sacred cows what did i say you said golden calf yeah but no we talk about we that's say it. that too Sa sacred yeah. Yeah. sacred cows around here or in other words, when we're talking about allegiance, what we're really talking about, the theological word is worship. Yeah. What do you worship? And that's where the problem with, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, making Jesus merely our model for behavior and not our object of worship. Yeah. Because our behavior comes from our worship. Yeah. Okay, belief drives behavior. Yeah. Just the, the same way that you can't come up with your own, like Joe was saying, we outsource it. Well, why? Because he is worthy of worship mm -hmm. and beholding. It's like when you behold something, uh, you, you, uh, you are aware of its intrinsic value and worth, and then you look at how you can be a part of it. Yeah. 
Like mm-hmm. you, you look at the, like for us looking for me, like learn people go, man, you're a guy from Kentucky and you learn to surf. And, and that's an idea. Like I, th- I was thinking about that surfing this morning, like surfers are some of the worst, like there's an ideal <laughs> of what a surfer should be. And it's not my accent in the water. I'll <laughs> right. tell you that right now. And so then surfers wear this surfers drive this surfers do the same way. Like you're a man, you drive a truck, like and or like those are all things that have become ideals Mm -hmm. that you say this is the ideal of someone who does or says this now if you if you take that to its uh, its uh, nth degree yeah what you become is is just like nazi germany which says a good human being looks like this yeah. and a bad human being looks like that. Yeah. And so it's yes. easy for us to point to the big thing and not see the small thing. And the Bible says it's the small foxes yeah. that spoil the vine. And so what you say about what makes a good American versus a bad American, what makes a good Christian, who can, like these are all ideals. Yeah. And the only ideal is, that's why Jesus's favorite term for himself was the son of man. Yeah. Daniel 7, is this divine human being, the ideal human, Mm -hmm. the son of man is the person of Jesus and everything else should come in submission to that. And I, and he gets exalted to a place of worship. Yeah. He, he puts him and, and then Philippians says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess to the praise of God the Father. So a practical way is what do I worship? Or in other words, what do I behold, want to be around and want to be like? Do I, do I worship uh, fame? So I, I, I put myself around more popular, famous people. Yeah. Do I only listen to certain influence? Do I want to be wealthy? So, so I, I worship my job. I worship my cars. Do I like, like you won't think of it unless yeah. you're thinking in biblical terms as worship, yeah. but what mm-hmm. does your, what do you behold? Meaning what do you stare at? What do you look at? What, what's your, what's your, uh, what's your screen time? What are you yeah. mostly lo- looking at? What's the ideal that has consumed you yeah. just like when you behold a, a good marriage in somebody or someone who's generous, you, you say, man, man, I want what they got. Yep. I like, man, I want to be a better, better dad like that guy. Right. That's beholding. Yeah. And in the words of the great Chris Tomlin, is this old song, it's kind of a cheesy song these days, but we fall down, we lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. And the course is we cry, holy, holy, holy. And so it's this biblical idea of what I got, my highest thing, I'm going to lay that down what because I what know. What you're essentially saying is casting crowns. Casting, casting crowns. Who am I? <laughs> <laughs> we fall down, we lay our crowns. At the feet of Jesus. So, so the so the practical is like I'm constantly going. Where is Jesus first? Like, yeah. Yeah. here, here's here's what I'd say. Here's a litmus test for you. If water baptism is a hesitation for you, what you're essentially saying is I want God to be a part of my life, not my life. Wow. If if you're afraid of the allegiance, what you're essentially saying is there are things in my life that I prefer more yeah. than the person of Jesus. Wow. And if you don't believe that to be true about yourself, what's stopping you? 
What prevents me? Because yeah. what I can tell you, it doesn't mean you're perfect. Yeah. It doesn't mean, it, it means mm-hmm. that you've decided he is the most valuable thing to behold in all of the universe. And my life should revolve around. And if yeah. it does, the things of him will yeah. get on to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my life will be worthy, worth it. Um, like the 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 song when we're going song like I instantly think of the Rita Springer song. It's gonna be worth. It's gonna it. be worth it all, and <laughs> yeah. I believe this. Yeah. Every altar experience at every yeah. summer camp, like we did <laughs> early two so thousands. We I was a part of this kind of drama ministry <laughs> that did church this uh, human videos where they showed uh, the martyrs throughout history and uh, re- kind of reenacted these different scenes, and they played that song to it. And it's this idea that like to live is Christ, but to die is gain where uh, Hebrews talks about, we call it the, I I hate these cheesy names for it, but they call it the hall of faith, right? Like the hall of fame, but like these saints who have gone before us that were martyrs. And the Bible says they were literally uh, sawed in half, pulled behind chariots, beheaded, burned at the stake, crucified, and the world was not worthy to know their names. Mm -hmm. Think about that, that that the the worthiness of Christ and them being willing to suffer with him, that if we're willing to suffer with him, then we'll be raised with him. And we're saying he's worthy, and then Christ turns around and calls them worthy worthy yeah. and us not worthy yeah. to even know who they are yeah right because then we're so unworthy yeah. that we'll get the point mixed up we'll yeah. begin to glorify and worship them mm-hmm. i remember when i was in i was in ireland on a mission trip in 07 and i walked into this grand cathedral i think in belfast and literally oliver plunkett the missionary's head decapitated this martyr is in a airtight box in this cathedral i saw a decaying the head, head no. in a cathedral in ireland and people go and pray to it wow wow like, think about, Talk about, think mis- about the misconstruing yeah. the the notice that hebrews doesn't reveal the names of these saints but yeah. yet yeah. Um, the catholic church actually tells you all of their saints yeah and and then we pray to saints that's mm. not a biblical idea yeah no. Because there's only one that we should worship and yep. kneel to yeah. and pray to. There yep. is one mediator between God yep. and man. His name is Jesus. Yep. And so the litmus test then is I got to assess my, it's more ethereal than, it's more, it's more ethereal. I say, I usually deal with implication rather than application. So the, so the litmus test is if I'm hesitant, to follow you in acts of baptism, communion, like we did this past weekend. Communion is this holding of a family heirloom where I remember and respond. Yeah. Right? Remembrance always causes response. And just like when when you go to memorial service, when you go to, when you go through, it's usually like the times that can actually cause the most response is like when the family gathers in a home to kind of divvy up the yep. heirlooms. Yep. 
right either before or after hey we're gonna all get together we're gonna yeah. eat we're gonna have a meal together and we're gonna and then what happens like all these stories start happening yeah and yeah. all this inspiration starts happening they start saying mm-hmm. man they were like this did and then and then people start going man I, I if i'm half of what they were yeah right like remembrance causes response communion the lord's table is this this holding of a family heirloom mm-hmm. and then responding to it inspiring yeah. us to respond to it yeah. lifting us up and our emotions that christ has left this for water baptism is telling the world no matter what i'll have allegiance to it if yeah. i have hesitancy in communion or in water baptism i then have to question where is my allegiance, my allegiance? am i a part-time christian am i a weekend christian part-time yeah. believer or really is Christ, my life, the source of my life. Yeah. And uh, I can just tell you that there are no such thing as part-time Christians. Yeah. Yeah. There are no such thing as weekend believers. He either is the source of our life or is not. Mm-hmm. And what you'll find is that when things get tough, those who claim to be followers of Christ, they won't stay. Yeah. Right. They yeah. they won't when when things become difficult or, or, or like or, or someone offends you deal like so so those are things. Do am I willing to break community? Will I move away? Do I submit to the word of God? Am yeah. I hungry to know more about the person of Jesus? If I'm not hungry to know, if I'm more hungry to read the next New York Times bestseller yeah. than to open the book and meet with Jesus, then I got to go. Where's my allegiance? Yeah. Because I may have been taken captive to human tradition and ideas and philosophy. Yeah that Colossians tells me and not loving eating. Now I understand that the Bible is a difficult book to read. That's why I love the Bible project. That's why I love the CS Lewis videos. That's why I want to do this podcast is going like, I don't think it's like I was listening to, um, uh, Eugene Peterson's book when Kingfishers catch fire. And it's like a, basically a, a, a conglomerate of all of his sermons over his career. And uh, he's, he talked about, man, getting up and listening to these pastors who are preaching sermons as if they don't believe what they're saying. Yeah. And it's like, man, the reason why I preach the way I do is I actually believe this book. The reason why I want to teach, like, if you're around me for any time, and I know you guys can attest to that, if we're at lunch man, I'm preaching a sermon. If I'm at coffee, I'm preaching a sermon. If I'm like, I so want to com- declare, and what, what I mean by preach is declare who Jesus yep. is, and that's going to be the only answer that we can come to. Yep. Yeah. Right? Like I remember talking to a buddy, and he was talking about, uh, he was criticizing a politician, which is very easily to, very easy to do. What? What? And, Whatever and, do you mean? And... um and then I said, well, he's not acting any different than every CEO and for, of every Fortune 500. We're talking about arrogance. We're talking about, I mean, you probably know who he was criticizing. And he said, but I just think we can do better. And I just went, no, we can't. Yeah. yeah. Like the idea that if I just got a new politician and they weren't, wouldn't be succumbed, like just because yeah. someone's soft-spoken doesn't make them arrogant. Yeah. Right, like, like you can see that. All right, we, the last two presidents can't handle themselves re- with reporters at all. Yeah, right. No, the the press secretary cannot handle herself with reporter. You question me, you you 
you say something that that I don't like. So like it doesn't matter what tone of voice, it doesn't matter. People in authority tend to lord over, use their authority. That's what the Bible says. In all case, Jesus says every person who's not in submit so here's what will happen. If you're not in allegiance, here's another litmus test. If you're not in allegiance to Christ, watch how you use other people for your own good. Yeah. Yep. If you, you will put yourself you in will. authority over people. If you have authority, mm-hmm. notice how you use it. Yeah. Is it to serve people? Yeah. Or is it to serve yourself? Because ultimately what you'll realize that if you're in if your allegiance and your worship is to Christ, you'll find yourself not doing the thing that's best for the company, best for you, but best for someone else. Yeah. The honest thing. The servant servant of all. The 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 hard thing rather than the easy thing. Yeah. And if your allegiance is to yourself, your company, your country, right? You'll you'll skim on the books. You'll yeah. um, <clears throat> you'll finagle the taxes. You'll you'll do something that's different than actually going. What am I serving Christ or serving myself? Am I serving Christ? Am I doing so? The, so Paul says, don't do anything, right? Not a uh, self selfish ambition. Yeah, or vain yeah. conceit, but consider others more valuable than have yeah. this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Christ. And then we get to that famous uh, passage where he says kenosis. Yeah, That's the, theological term. Yeah, uh, the even being found in the form of man did not count himself. Being uh, being uh, made in the likeness or, of man. Yeah, yeah, so being fully God. Uh, you said fully man. He was fully man and fully God. That's the kenosis. That's the Greek. Um, you got it? Philippians yeah, 2. Yeah. Philippians <clears throat> 2, having this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with, with God, God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the so form the, of so a So the servant. word empty is in the Greek kenosis, kenosis. that's what we're talking about. Yep. And empty is like this, like he emptied the entire, I, I explained it this way, it's like pouring the entirety of the ocean into a single yep. glass. Where Colossians says the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in the person of Jesus' yep. body. Yep. The fullness, the answer. Not all three, not modalism, yep. not God changed, you know, he melted and became, you know, like... Um, oh boy. Uh, yeah, anyways... <laughs> And I know that because the baptism of Jesus, we see all three simultaneously. Yeah. The father booms out and says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. We see the son being baptized by John the Baptist. Yeah. Uh, and we see the spirit descend like a dove onto all three simultaneously yeah. represented. Yet the fullness of God dwelt in, dwelt the, person in the person of, of Jesus. Of Jesus. And so then Jesus lives a selfless, obedient life. The greatest becomes the least the strongest becomes the weakest and so uh, a practical way to do that is ask the questions do i lord over the weak do i find myself in position now this is where the the glimmer of truth turned so then that can sound like marxist ideology right the strong no no no. do i serve i i should i should be strong yeah i should try to 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 gain wealth in a righteous way that I can use it for the glory of God and the good of others. It is not that I'm intrinsically good or evil. It's that he's good in me. So whether I find myself, Paul says, I find myself able to be content in all things. And he says, whether rich, or whether poor. poor, 
whether sickness or health, yep. for I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And so I think another thing to think about, and I'll close with this, is contentment. Mm. I think an allegiance to Christ is the full awareness that Christ is in charge and I'm not. Mm. Yeah, that's good. That is. Yeah, that just reminds me of Jesus's statement. I think we just covered it recently is where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And like, and then he goes on and says, I am the gate of the sheep. Mm-hmm. And it's like this idea that if you were inside Jesus's gate under his care, you would have everything that you could need. Yep. Not everything you could want, not everything you could desire or dream up, but you would have everything like a sheep with a good shepherd. The yep. sheep's so stupid, it doesn't know what it needs. Yep. Yeah. So again, it's like, outsourcing my ability to have knowledge or my ability to reason even to to come to my own conclusions about what I think is proper what I and putting myself in authority where I know I can be tempted yeah but allowing Cast, God casting down yes. imaginations yeah. and every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of King Jesus yeah Amen. and so anytime I go I got a better idea I got you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when you hear the scripture, you read the scriptures, or you hear a sermon, or you go, yeah, 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 but. <laughs> like, you, you should really yeah. ask for forgiveness in that. Yeah, 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 but. Yeah. Uh, this, is, this is godly marriage. Mm-hmm. Submission to one another out of reverence for Christ. Yeah. Uh, allowing a husband to uh, lead his family and humbly serve his family. Uh, a wife submitting to the leadership, the humble leadership of her husband, yeah. uh, holding each other and accountable to the word of God. Man, those are things, if, if I don't, if I got a better idea, right? Watch out. Then then my allegiance is not to Christ. And yeah. So mm-hmm. those are practical ways. I got to study the scriptures. I got to be in community. I got to know what the book says about yeah. these things so that I can know. Study to show yourself approved that you can uh, rightly divide truth. And so uh, the world right now is preaching a sermon. Every sitcom, every show I'm watching, there is agenda, yeah. there is ideas, and you will be tempted to hold to one of those ideas. And it may even be a God idea, but notice that um, Satan even uses God ideas to tempt Jesus. Yeah to move away from the plan of the gospel. Yeah. Which he says, doesn't it say that if you, it, that if you, you, uh, uh, you cast, cast yourself off, uh, off of this mountain and he'll send his angels charge that he will bear you up and your foot will not even bash a stone. Yeah. He quotes the script. He quotes God ideas. So know that every good idea, although everything good is from God, the enemy will take good. That's why the Bible says the enemy will come as an angel of light deceiving us. Yeah. And so there's a lot of good ideology out there that actually, if you're not looking at the person of Jesus, just like Adam and Eve, take it back to that. They were so concerned with the idea of what the, the ideas that God communicated. Don't eat this tree. That they forgot that their allegiance was ultimately not to the idea but to God himself. Mm. And so then I submit ev- all of those things and the totality, the picture of it. Mm. Uh, it's, it's why we talk about the idea of the spirit of the law versus the, the, the letter of the law. Yeah. Right? Uh, mm-hmm. That was always what Jesus was dealing with. There we go. Uh, 
you know, uh, you healed this man on the Sabbath. And he's like, which one of you, if their donkey fell into a hole on the Sabbath, would not pull him out? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, you, you're the traditions of men make the word of God of no effect. Yeah. And so even my tradition, if, if my, in a church setting, if my tradition of how Christians should look, how they should dress, what songs we should sing, if that tradition takes me and distracts me from the person of Jesus, then I've... That's good. Well, I think that concludes this podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, this is Theology on Tap, local craft teaching, ready when you are. We'll see you guys soon.